Crime does not pay. But, Kit, Kit, I can't understand it. A man with your talents, your brilliance, to do the things you've done. I don't expect you to understand. Perhaps the usual and honest ways of making money are too dull for me and too slow. Making money? Kit, don't you realize you've been stealing? You know my motto by now. Never give a sucker an even break, because if you don't take him, somebody else will. In the interest of good citizenship and law enforcement, we present Crime Does Not Pay, based on the famous Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer series of short subjects. In just a moment, you will hear All-American Fake, starring... Sidney Blackmer. And now, crime does not pay. Starring Sidney Blackmer as Taylor Dunn, alias Kit Marlowe, in... All-American fake. Each year, each passing season brings to Americans a new crop of heroes. For some reason best known to ourselves, Americans love to honor the young men and women who swim better than all the others, hit a tennis ball harder or a baseball farther, or make more touchdowns than anybody else. These are our native heroes. Taylor Dunn was well aware of this. He was aware, too, that Americans hate to admit that they've been taken for a ride or outsmarted at anything. And Taylor Dunn was well aware that he had a remarkable physical resemblance to a well-known American hero. These three facts were a combination which helped Mr. Dunn immeasurably in his business. Simple, ragged old man. This is the point where the quarterback wants help from the coach. So they call timeout and a substitute comes in with instructions. <laughs> that sure builds up my blood pressure. <laughs> what a spot for a coach. Field goal be easy. We just tie the score. Touchdown and win. But state's line may hold it. Here comes Weston now, but we'll go in a minute. Listen. Well, they hope it's a line buck off tackle. They'll try that now and kick it. They have to on fourth down. Weston better do something fast. We will. Weston's out of the huddle. Like that. Yeah, they should have used that power play in the first place. Hey, you, you know what you're talking about, don't you, Marlowe? Well, yes. Now, in my day at Weston... Hey, are you Marlowe? Kit Marlowe? Well, that's my name. Back Kit Marlowe? Well, I confess I Well, am. I thought you looked familiar. <laughs> well, 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 wait till I tell my boy I belong to the same club as Kit Marlowe of Western University's Rough Riders. Oh, you think it'll mean anything to the new generation? <laughs> oh, mean anything. <laughs> Listen to the man. He doesn't know he's immortal. Well. Man, I saw you make that 70-yard run against State in your last game. 
never forget it as long as I live. I'm proud to know you, Marlowe. I'm doggone proud. Oh, thank you, gentlemen. But, well, I guess those days are gone forever as far as I'm concerned. Oh. <laughs> I'm strictly a businessman now. <laughs> if I'm not too inquisitive, Marlowe, what is your line? I guess you'd call it, well, promotion. Sales promotion in a way with a touch of jobbing in it. Uh, any particular line? Well, right now, office supplies, you know, stationery, pencils, rubber bands, that sort of thing. <laughs> any uh, real money in that? There can be. You won't believe this, gentlemen, but right now, my problem is rubber bands. Oh, you you mean you can't get any? Oh, just the opposite. I could if I could finance the deal. Are you mind explaining that? Oh, not at all. I know where I can buy a carload at 68 cents a pound. Normally, they cost 78. And I've got a customer who will pay a dollar and a quarter a pound. Uh, that's not a bad margin, Marlowe. Well, why don't you swing the deal? It's a cash operation. I've got to pay cash for the bands in the first place, and unfortunately, all my ready cash is tied up in <laughs> typewriters of all things. <laughs> How much do you need, kid old boy? Two thousand. No, but I wouldn't. Think hold of... it, my boy. Hold it. This is strictly business. I'll write a check for a thousand. McDonald here will do the same thing. Well, <laughs> for a cut of your profit. Oh, but you gentlemen don't know a thing about me. Know a thing? <laughs> <laughs> Why the whole country knows about Kit Marlowe, <laughs> and that name's good enough for me any time, any place. Yes? Uh, I, I beg your pardon. Is, uh, is this the, uh, Marlowe apartment? Uh, Mr. Kit Marlowe? Yes, I'm Mrs. Marlowe. Uh, well, uh, my name is Davis, uh, Leon Davis? Oh, yes, Mr. Davis. Is, uh, is your husband at home? Not right now, I'm afraid. Oh, oh, I see. Uh, can I help you? Well, uh, that is, uh, no, no, I don't think so. It's about a business deal. I, I guess only, uh, Mr. Mark. I think you'd better come in and sit down, Mr. Davis. Oh, oh, yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Well... Nice place you have here, Mrs. Marlowe. Thank you. Now then, Mr. Davis. Well, I, uh, I invested uh, $275 in uh, Mr. Marlowe's stationary business. Uh, something about buying and selling rubber bands. Rubber bands? Yes. Are you sure you have the right Marlowe? Well, he, uh, he is, uh, Kip Marlowe, the former football player, isn't he? Yes, he is. Oh, then he's the right Marlowe. I, uh, I remembered him distinctly from his pictures in the papers. I, uh, I saw him several times, and when he told me he needed cash for a quick turnover, I let him have what I had, with the understanding that I'd get back, uh, $350 in one week. And now, Mr. Davis? Well, uh, it's, uh, it's been over a month, Mrs. Marlowe, and I, I haven't seen your husband since. I, well, I... I need that money, Mrs. Marlowe. You see, it's, it's my wife. She's, she's sick. I thought the extra 75 would help. I can't wait any longer. I've got to have my money. Look, Mr. Davis, if you go to his office and ask him there... I, I tried to do that, Mrs. Marlowe, but there isn't any Marlowe in the whole building at the address he gave me. And nobody ever heard of him ever being there. And that poor little man, Kit. 
I felt so sorry for him. The world is full of poor little men like that, Helen. They'll always be little and they'll always be poor. I told him I was sure he had the wrong Marlow. After all, you've never been in the rubber band business in your life. Did you get rid of this, uh, this Davis, dear? Oh, I convinced him it must be another Marlow. Someone he only thought was the football player. Oh, he brought that up, did he? Yes, but he went away after a while. Mm, that's fine. Um, Kit. Yes, dear? He's not the only one who's been here. What? I haven't told you. I didn't want to bother you, but... Kit, they all tell the same story. They all say it was the football player. Can I help it if some, some swindler is using my name? And they all talk about recognizing you from the newspaper picture. Now, look, Helen. My face isn't so out of the ordinary that someone with a faint resemblance couldn't impersonate me. You don't think for one minute, dear, that I... I'm sorry, dear. Maybe I did doubt you for a minute. After all, we've been married nearly two years, and I've never seen your office. And... I recognized you from the newspaper pictures, too. Sorry, darling. Of course not, dear. You forgive me? Without the asking. Yes? Yes, this is Marlowe. Oh, hello. What's on your alleged mind, old man? I see. Glad to hear it. And the check is certified. Good, then I can get the cash in the morning. Right. Meet you there in 20 minutes. No rest for the weary, darling. I have to go out for a little while. Don't you ever stop working, dear? Back as soon as I can. Have to see a fellow about some typewriters. Bye, darling. Bye. Oh, hello, Martha. Well, this is Helen, Helen Marlowe. I hate to bother you, but you know about these things. Uh, tell me... If a person wanted to learn the whereabouts of a famous graduate of a college, how would you go about it? Uh, you write to the Alumni Association? I see. Uh-huh. Well, thank you, Martha. No, no one special. I'm uh, just interested in learning the whereabouts of a football player I had a crush on a long time ago. <laughs> Yes? Mrs. Kip Marlowe? Yes, I, Mrs. Marlowe. My name is Bill Latigan, Mrs. Marlowe. I'm from headquarters. My, uh, credentials. I see. May I come in? Yes, of course. Isn't this where I ask you for your warrant, Mr. Latigan? <laughs> There's nothing as drastic as that necessary, Mrs. Marlowe. You see, uh, you wrote a letter. I'm the answer to that letter. Oh. I think you'd better sit down, Mr. Latigan. Thank you. Now, about a letter. Yes, to the Alumni Association of Western University. You asked concerning the whereabouts of Kit Marlowe, the uh, famous Kit Marlowe, that is. Yes, so I did. How does it happen that you have the answer? Because my section at headquarters has been interested in the same problem. I'm head of the fraud squad, Mrs. Marlowe. Oh? Well, go on, Mr. Ladigan. That's quite simple. The Kit Marlowe who went to Western University is still there. Teaching physical education. And any other man who says he's that Marlowe is practicing a fraud. And if he's the man we think he is, he's obtaining money under false pretenses. In less polite language, Mrs. Marlowe, we're pretty certain that the man you married is a confidence man and a swindler. 
In just a moment, Crime Does Not Pay will continue with All-American Fake. We continue with Crime Does Not Pay, starring Sidney Blackmer as Taylor Dunn, alias Kit Marlowe, in All-American Fake. When Helen Marlowe recovered from the first shock of learning that her husband was literally not the man she thought he was, she took the only action which seemed possible to her. She faced her husband in their living room and stated flatly, Kit! We're through. I think you're being foolish, Helen. We've had a good life together. I believe we loved each other. Aren't you being just a trifle too squeamish? I'm married to you, and I don't even know your right name. Would it make you feel any better to call me Taylor Dunn instead of Kit Marlowe? Our marriage is perfectly legal in any case, you know. Thank you for keeping me an honest woman. Legally, at any rate. Mm -hmm. You're very welcome. You seem to think you've been clever, not criminal. I don't consider it criminal. It isn't any worse than taking the sheep in the stock market, is it? People go into the market at their own risk. People go into any deal at their own risk. That's my way of looking at it. Then you won't give back the money. Why should I? Will you give me back my good name and my pride? If you insist, my dear. Of course, I'll, I'll always have a soft spot for you, no matter what I'm doing or, or where I may be. Thank you again. Will you be getting out of town now? On account of your friend, Detective Lieutenant Ladigan? I doubt it. There's not a thing Ladigan can do about me until someone signs a complaint. <laughs> and no sucker wants to tell the world that he is one. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, one and all. You've met lovely Erica Stalzing, Hollywood's greatest importation from old Vienna, and that newest scribe among the syndicated scribblers, Lou Daniels. But just a moment, just a moment. There's one more guest present here tonight who I know you'll get a great kick out of seeing. Western University's most famous graduate, Kit Marlowe! Kit, Kit, come on, boy, take a bow! That's it, take a bow! <laughs> thank you, thank you, Kit. <laughs> All right, maestro, on with the dance. Marlowe, I, uh, I don't think we've ever met. No, but I know your face. How are you, Daniels? Hi, good. Down. Well, as a matter of fact, I'm here by royal command. Movie royalty, that is. Well, is that so? Yes, Erica, uh, Miss Dozing asked me to bring you over to her table. Oh, that is an honor. <laughs> Lead the way. Good. Come on along. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> Pardon me. Erica, my dear, your wish is our law. May I present the great Kit Marlowe. This is a pleasure, Miss Dolding. I'm so happy, Mr. Marlowe, that you would be so good to join us. My escort, Mr. Leffert. Well, how do you do, sir? Uh, how do you do? Uh, please to sit down. Yes, sit down. There's so much I want to ask you. Oh, thank you. Ask away, uh, Miss Dolding. Oh, pardon me for barging in like this, but I've just got to say hello to Kit there. Uh, to me, Lieutenant? Well, Kit, don't you remember me? That Navy game when you knocked me cold. Me, Bugsy Johnson. 
Oh, Bugsy, of course. I thought you well, all this uh, navy blue and gold braid had me fooled for a moment. It's good to see you. Look, uh, I've got to get back to my table, Kit. Honeymoon. But call me, will you? I'm at the Carteret. Not too early, though, will you? Well, I'll try, Bugsy. I'll try. A great football player in his day, that fellow. And you, uh, how you say, knocked him cold, Mr. Marlowe? Well, he hit the ground hard, too hard. All in fun, though. Oh, I think Mr. Marlowe to you a lot of things are fun. Knowing you is fun, Miss Dolzing. Oh, that's wonderful. No one has said that to me before. Oscar, we will see more of this wonderful man, much more. Lou, darling, you are so sweet to bring him to me. Any time at all, darling, any time at all. Just point the fellow out and you shall have him on toast from your Uncle Lou <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> Kid, darling, you look worried. Don't you think he looks worried, Oscar? He looks normal to me. Look, Erica, you're wonderful, but there's not a thing you could do, understand? Um, but this is nonsense. When the American man says such things, it is money to others. This much I've learned already, and in Hollywood I'm not yet. I'm right, Oscar? Uh, the queen is always right, my dear. So now, kid tales, we, my Oscar, and I will fix. No? Oh, I'll be all right in a few days. But this is so foolish. You tell us we fix. Now, today, I have money. Oscar has so much money, he does not know what to do with uh, it. Not quite that much, Eric. Well, I couldn't let you... But you will. Now, you tell us. Well, since you insist, I'm in the stationery business. In my pocket, I have acceptances on $90,000 worth of typewriters for a large company. But I don't have the cash to get the typewriters from the manufacturer. Oh, what does this mean, Oscar? Typewriters? Acceptances? Now, now, uh, may I see those acceptances, Marlowe? Mm, well, here they are. Mm. Yes, yes, they look all right to me. You sure these uh, signatures are genuine? Mm, they better be. Wait. Both of you, wait. I'll be right there. Oh. <clears throat> what is she up to? Who knows? She's Erica Stolzing, the one and only. Now, look here, Marlowe. Uh, can you be in my office tomorrow morning at 11? Of course. Good, good. I have a group of associates. We uh, finance operations like yours. Uh, come in then. I'll have the papers drawn in blank. We can make a deal, and uh, you'll get the money. Kid, darling. Here, take this. I show this businessman friend of mine $2,000, all the cash I have for now. But this is a scheme. He must be caught. If you are a policeman, Mr. Ladigan, you will put him in prison. I'd like to, Miss Dolzing. I've been after him for months. Now, if you'll sign the complaint... Complaint, of course. I complain. You understand, of course, you'll have to appear against him. Appear? Uh, Oscar, what does it mean, this appear? Uh, in court, Erica, on the witness stand. But I cannot, this I cannot do. Why not, Miss Tolson? Oh, this will be very good. Two weeks I'm in this country, not yet in Hollywood I am. Now I'm taken in by this, this petty thief. Petty? $60,000 besides your own 2000 <laughs> Neither one of you will sign a complaint. Wait a minute, hold on, lad, again, not quite that fast. 60000 is big money. Now, is there any way I could avoid, uh, well, the appearance in court? Well, if we persuaded him to plead guilty, you might avoid the worst of the publicity. All right, Ladigan. I'll go along with you myself. I think our Mr. Marlowe, or whatever his name is, needs a lesson. How about it, Mr. Liggett? Marlowe ever been back here at the club? Oh, we haven't seen a sign of him. He knows what would happen if McDonald and I laid eyes on him. Thousand-dollar bills don't go on trees. 
You get around, Mr. Daniels. Can't you help us? Well, the fellow's dropped out of sight completely. <laughs> but it's sure a laugh. Leopard's taken for 60 grand. And Erica... <laughs> you uh, thought he was really Marlowe, too, didn't you? Uh, I sure did. But he didn't get one red cent of my money. Look, Mrs. Marlowe... Miss Henderson, now, if you don't mind. Right, Miss Henderson. Is there anything you can tell us of his whereabouts? I haven't seen him since I threw him out. But his right name is Taylor Dunn, if that's any help to you. Help to us? Holy smoke, at last we got a break. Okay, Washington, this is Ladigan. Hello, Higgins. Did you find anything? Ah, so he was caught once. I get it. First offense, suspended sentence. Fingerprints, of course. Wonderful. Look, send me a copy, will you? I'll start the routine inquiries. We'll get that fella if we have to circularize every post office and substation in the country. Let's that say it again. Slowly now. Taylor Dunn. Served hitch in army. Honorably discharged with rating as Master Sergeant. Higgins, you run a check for me on all recent reenlistments in the United States Army. be a pleasure, Captain. A real pleasure. I don't know how you feel, Ladigan. This must have been a merry chase. Mm. And strangely enough, he's a good soldier. A real leader in his way. Too bad. Maybe he should have stayed in the Army in the first place. Well, it's almost four o'clock. Will you push him in, Captain? I'd hate to lose Mr. Dunn Marlowe now. Right. All right. Detail. Pull in. This is the operation, men. Sergeant Donnell will report here from the pistol range very shortly. He'll be carrying his sidearm. We want no trouble, but we'll take no chances. You've each been issued ten rounds. If he resists arrest, fire over his head. Then let him have it, but try to avoid a vital area. Is that clear? And don't fire unless I give the word. Yeah. Very well, then. Martin, outside the window just back of my desk. White, your position is across the road facing the front door. You'll find plenty of cover over there. Siegel, there's plenty of room behind the filing cabinet. Carter, take your post in my private office. Leave the door open a little so you can hear and see. All right, men, on the double. <laughs> you take no chances, do you? He'll have a forty-five with him. They make a nasty hole in a man. Hello, here's our pigeon. Sergeant Dunn reporting, sir. I was told on the pistol range you wanted me, sir. I don't, but Lieutenant Ladigan does. Lieutenant? Yes, Dunn, alias Kit Marlowe, Lieutenant Metropolitan Police. I, I'm afraid I don't understand, Lieutenant. I've done nothing. You can save that not guilty plea for your arraignment. You're charged with fraud, impersonation, and taking money under false pretenses. You're under arrest. I don't think you can do this, Lieutenant. I'm in the Army. We know you expected to find cover in the great anonymity of the Army. But the Army doesn't want your kind loose any more than civilians do. You've been released to us in my custody. Ready? Captain, don't let him do this. You'll make me use my gun. Martin, Siegel, Carter, show yourself. And the door is covered from across the road, Don. Good tactics, Captain. My compliments. Look out, Ladigan! Don't let that pistol! Stop! Sorry, Dunn. Learned my judo in the Marines. Thanks for everything, Captain. I think I'll come quietly now. Crime does not pay. <laughs> Sidney Blackmer, who was starred as Taylor Dunn, alias Kit Marlowe, in All-American Fake, will be back with you in just a moment.
Now, here in person is Sidney Blackmer. I'm sure you'll be interested to learn that Taylor Dunn did plead guilty and received a sentence of two to five years in prison. And I think, too, that you had the same feeling listening to his story as I had in playing it, a feeling that this man was not basically bad, that he was misdirected somewhere along the line, and then aided and abetted by two things which are so common in our American life, the adulation of heroes and the eagerness of so many to turn a quick profit without too much worry about the exact methods. This is the kind of public carelessness, the kind of indifference in thinking and in citizenship, which are so fundamental in the growth of so much crime. Believe me, protection against crime begins not in the police station, but in our thinking. The basic responsibility for law enforcement lies not with the policeman on his beat, but with you and me in our everyday lives. Crime does not pay. Thank you, Sidney Blackmer. Crime Does Not Pay is written by Ira Marion and directed by Mark B. Lowe, with music composed and conducted by John Gart. Technical advisor is Burton B. Turkus. The events, characters, and names used in the story you've just heard are fictitious. Any similarity is purely coincidental. (laughs) 